1: a little inside there get up kid why are you crying if i told you you'd think i'd be
2: lying
1: Am bechol yon mi bit mehalom u mehakel la gula shetagia tfila be libo al vay mikarov na aleh le beta migdash kvar pa'im sana galuta luka be tegezena ve lezion kenar aleh tzion
2: me
1: Across the years, we've learned and we to So far, culanus omim, sham nale, nalevenire, ve olival kanten shari, shira talvim mamaki, be katko animo lute zwahi, sudati biatan, bi betamig She a guia a recolatilon, a vaio yavo, yofia, yafo picha ypamea, ymkoze a
2: raquelon. Vine a guia.
3: to Malka Melech Malchaya, Ovad Kivurteich V'timaya. Shvar Kadamach L'yach Avaya. Shva Khinah Sader Zafra I'm going
1: And yar the day of the Sabbath mi hear the joy of what we call Who is the Lord, who is the
4: Lord zo yar ha sabos shumani smeghi al ze shoy mi voy dio in poi res esmapon poi da yo in bachnes esmalkon
1: usnani malozni ne vinzabroho voya khn lesholoy the king of the world, the king of the world, the king of the let
4: Seven years, but realized her greatest fears. Thought she'd be alone again without you. Desperate for some true romance, I jumped upon my only chance. My secret only lasted through the night. Wake up, Jacob. I'm here to tell you I'll be by your side You don't have to hide Wake up, Jacob I only want the best for you and I So please tell me why I can't make you love I can't be To see the one you loved I hid my face, I didn't speak Your eyes were bright, your hands were weak How could I know it would not be enough Wake up, Jacob Together now our futures open wide Don't have to hide Wake up, Jacob When I see your face I start to cry
3: So please tell me why I can't make you love me now
4: I can't make you love I will, for the rest of my life I'll
3: try. I gave you my children,
1: I saw signs from
4: Plastic feeling To be together And yet I'm still alone If each man Kills the thing he loves I'll pray each day To God above That when I die You cast the only stone Wake up Jacob I'm here to tell you I'll be by your side don't have to hide Wake up, Jacob I only want the best for you and I So please tell me why I can't
3: make you love me now I can't make you love me
5: Anjani mamin, Anjani mamin,
1: Bär muner schlimmer.
4: Hoppoidei umane kle, le hola bruje, holevade
5: hier Ani Anjani mamin, Anjani mamin, Bär muner schlimmer.
4: Hoppoidei umane kle, le hola bruje, holevade hier sa.
5: I'm in. i
4: Every year. Oh, sorry. Oh, you said. We said. We said. Oh, you're there. We've every i said. We said.
2: We
0: J.M. and the A.M., there you go. Uh, that's Ani Maman done by Nachas here on a Friday morning Arab Shabbos. Yoshi Fruchter with Leia's song. Zohar of Avrami Roth, Gershav Roba's Avrahamim, that great classic. We spoke about that and a million other things with Gershon this week. Yair Rosenberg, who was in the studio earlier in the week with Curry Bone. Hina from Uri Davidi. You heard Cedars of Lebanon with Joseph, that's brand new. And of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday. Welcome to an of Shabbos. Welcome to the final Friday before Hanukkah. That's right. Hanukkah begins Sunday night. You can feel the excitement in the air as the expression goes. It is a Friday morning, December the 16th, day 22 in the month of Kislev, the year 5783, Tavshin Pebe, Seraph Shabbos Parshish Vayeshev, with candlelighting time at 4.09 on this Erev Shabbos in New York, candlelighting in New York, 4.09. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Well, Bencho Shodes Teves. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be uh, Shabbos and Sunday. That's right. We're going to have a Shabbos Chanukah Rosh Chodesh. And we're going to have a Sunday Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh. Uh, so again, Rosh Chodesh Teves will bench tomorrow. And Rosh Chodesh Teves will be Shabbos and Sunday. Um, and then Sunday night, believe it or not, the holiday of Chanukah everyone's favorite well not about everyone's favorite but certainly a favorite of mine uh so we'll light the first candle sunday night and um let's appreciate as we discussed with everybody kanelski yesterday let's appreciate all the Hanukkiot, all the incredible hanukkah menorahs that are around in all the different public places in this country and around the world in places where uh Religious tolerance, and I don't say that in a negative way, I say it in a positive way. Religious tolerance is taken seriously. There are a lot of countries on this planet where you can't place a Chanukya. You can't place a Hanukkah menorah. Thank God we're blessed to be in a place where we can. Uh, again, Sunday night, make sure you get ready with your civivone, with your uh, dreidel. Hopefully it's a dreidel that says Nun Gimel Hey Pei. Um, if you're outside of Israel, it likely says Nun Gimel Hey Shin. Okay, hopefully for all of us, that'll change soon enough. I hope. <laughs> uh, get ready with your, <laughs> get ready with your your delicious donuts, with your Livy vote, your incredible latkes, and of course, uh, Sunday night we'll start saying Al Hanisim, we'll light the Chanukia, and um, hopefully enjoy. The Hanukkah gelt, the gifts, and the time with our family. That is the that is the main thing. So there you have it. A um, a great holiday set to start on Sunday night. JM in the AM, we've got Malcolm Homeline in hour number two. We'll uh, do the weekly update, or Bayudin is going to address us. It's a long presentation today because of the inclusion of Hanukkah, so that'll happen uh, probably at about 8.15, maybe a drop earlier even. We'll see when we can get that on the air uh, post our uh, weekly update. Harry Rothenberg with words about Vayeshev. We'll do that in the 7 o'clock hour. And Dovi Newberger is scheduled to join us. Dovi Newberger is scheduled to join us. He's ho- hosting a, an event in Manhattan on Monday night. And he's scheduled to come by and speak with us this morning here at JMAM. Plus, of course, uh, there is a full schedule, as you would imagine. It is a Friday, after all. You know what that means. There's plenty happening, including Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. She'll speak with TikTok sensation Melinda Strauss, Bosh from Marble and Grain, and Jonah Chusid from Choose Meat Market, uh, all included in today's Table for Two, brand new at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, right after J.M. and the A.M. Arab uh, Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek starts at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, our Erev Shabbat Music Mix, Brought to you by wonderful people at Kedem. Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler tomorrow night at 9 o'clock. Um, Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis on an era of Hanukkah. That'll start at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, oh, by the way, a big thank you to both Avrami and Rabbi Benji Kramer. Apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently... Well, Rabbi Kramer sent it to me, but it was Avrami who discovered it. Avrami has found two parts, two pieces of um, audio where Mayor Weingarten is uh, analyzing Ma'oz Now, we have a bunch of guests Monday because we have two amazing books to discuss on Monday, first day of Hanukkah, but we will, we will at some point, believe there, include the uh, two pieces, the two parts. Of um, Mayor Weingarten's analysis of most Tour, and uh, when it, when will that happen exactly? I don't know. We've got to figure it out. But we got to play it at some point. We got to play it at some point. So we'll do that, and uh, that'll only add to our day one of Hanukkah celebration right here at JM in the AM. Yeah, how could it not? How could it not? The Solomon Brothers are next. It's JM in the AM.
4: Tiri tiriray, la la
1: la la la, la la la, la la la, i mm-hmm. Passt Seem Simpon- hung Hashem, Eina Nahnu Maspikim, the Hashem. Maspikim,
0: It's a brand new album entitled It Sounds Like Chanukah, Benny Friedman, a uh, medley called Lahodos Ulahalel here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, JM in the AM on the 16th of December, day 22 in the month of Kislev. Good morning, all. Solomon Brothers had Lahadodi. And. Uh, it is Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayeshev. Chanukah begins on Sunday night, believe it or not. Yes, yeah, Sunday night. Chanukah begins. Could you imagine? By the way, Srili Besser, Rabbi Yisrael Besser, is scheduled to join us on Monday to talk about the brand new book about Rav David Feinstein. When you go to artsgirl.com, no matter what you're ordering, if it's the brand new book for Rabbi Krohn that we spoke about yesterday, which is just amazing, Grandeur of the Maggid, or the brand new book about Rav David Feinstein, written by Rabbi Besser, or the brand new benching book, or the brand new anything book. They've got so many amazing titles over there at artscroll.com. Remember the rule. Remember the rule. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Again, always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Don't forget, always use <laughs> promo code radio at artscroll.com. That's the rule. And it's as simple as that. Uh, Benny Friedman in the uh, medley entitled La Hodos Le Hallel, brand new, it sounds like Chanukah. JM in the AM. America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. round the World of Web and, and the Nachobsegel Network, and of course in the beloved NSN app. Somebody, Coming up after jam at a.m., it's a brand new edition of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. Mark Zamek at 10 a.m. with the Arab Shabbos show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Our Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday Night Segal with Avrami. And Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler, that happens at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday Night Siegel. J.M. Sunday with Matis happens uh, Sunday morning, Erev Chanukah. That's right, you get to spend Erev Hanukkah with Matis between 7 and 9 a.m. If you enjoy our programming, if you love what we do every single day, and thank God I'm hearing from more and more people about how they do love what we do every single day, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, Please give to our year-end campaign, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. I see we've already exceeded the 9% mark. Someone today could get us over the 10% mark. Wouldn't that be cool? Um, And then next week on Hanukkah, we'll start getting into some serious uh, year-end fundraising. But please, before the weekend starts continue to give and encourage others to give at fjbunity.org fjbunity.org you can certainly give anonymously if you wish that option is there and a big thank you to our friends at CauseMatch for coordinating the campaign fjbunity.org simple as that keep us going everybody and encourage others to do so as well galitzal israel army radio 2pm newscast next
6: Poker Toe from jam and the amp galitzal rav baulpan <laughs> eran ma בית שלום בתל אביב העריך בחמישה ימים את מעצרו של תושב לוד בן 23, החשוד שפרץ אילה מחסום ברמת גן ונמלט מהשוטרים כשברכבו מטען חבלה. כתבתנו בתל אביב אנפינס מוסרת שבמהלך המרדף החשוד ישלח אמצעי לחימה שונים אל הכביש, עד שנעצר בתחנת הרכבת סבידור מרכז בתל אביב. גינויים מכל קצוות הקשת הפוליטית כולל המפלגות החרדיות להתפרות האלימה אמש בירושלים במאומות נפצעה קשה מאוד עוברת אורח שנפגעה מפח השפה גדול שהמתפרעים דחפו במרד רחוב בר אילן והיא מאושפזת בבית החולים שערי צדק כשהיא מורדמת ומונשמת ראש העירייה משה לאון קרא לגופי האכיפה לפעול נגד הפורעים אך הדגיש כי לא מדובר בחרדים. כתבתנו בבירה נועה ברנס מזכירה כי המחא אברך החשוד בהצטת חנות טלפונים המוכרת מכשירים שאינם קשרים. המלחמה באוקראינה במתקפת הטילים של רוסיה הבוקר נהרגו שני אזרחים ותשתיות רבות נפגעו. עם הפרטים כתב חדשות החוץ עמית קלדרון. עשרות טילים נורו הבוקר לעבר תשתיות ברחבי אוקראינה בין גם על הבירה קייב והובילו חשמל נרחבות באזורים שונים. בנוסף, טיל שפגע בבניין מגורים בעיר קריביריה הוביל למותם של שני אזרחים ולפצייתם של חמישה נוספים, כך לפי המושל המקומי. בחודשיים האחרונים פוגעת רוסיה שוב ושוב בתשתיות האנרגיה של אוקראינה כדי להקשות על אזרחיה להתמודד עם החורף. בברלין, האקוואריום הגדול ביותר מסוגו בעולם התפוצץ והוביל לטו ובואו בבירת גרמניה. המים מהאקוואריום הציפו את הרחוב ומעט צוותי חירום שנקראו למקום, נאלצו לסגור את הכביש הראשי. עורכו של האקוואריום כ-15 מטרים ונמצאו בו יותר מ-1500 דגים מסוגים שונים, כולם נשתפו אל הרחוב. התחזית מונן חלקית עד בהיר קלה בטמפרטורות והן גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה, מחר יוסיף מהרגיל ולזמני כניסת השבת, פרשת בישב, שבת מברחים לחודש תוות, בירושלים שלוש דקות לפני ארבע, בתל אביב בארבע ושמונה עשרה, בחיפה. ב-46 דקות וב-7 תיכנס השבת ב-24 ולזמנה יצאת השבת מחר בירושלים ב-5 ו בתל אביב ב-5 ו-18, בחיפה ב-5 וב-7 תצא השבת מחר ב-5 ו-20. לכל איננו, שלום אלי
0: and Laman Yerbu Friday morning of Shabbos candle lighting in New York 409 make sure you know when things start where you are Hanukkah is Sunday night we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow Rosh Chodesh is Shabbos and Sunday which means we will have a Shabbos Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh and a Sunday Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh next week hope everyone's getting ready for the big holiday with Livy Vote, Latkes with Sivivonim right is it Sivivonim I guess uh, dreidels with uh, sufganiyot, donuts, and everything else you need for Hanukkah. A your menorah. Set it up. Get ready. Spend the uh, holiday with family and friends. It's probably the best part of the whole thing. Feel free to comment on our app. Go to the NSN, Alchum Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Don't forget to support us by going to uh, fjbunity.org and tossing in a year-end donation to keep us going, fjbunity.org, again, fjbunity.org, and we thank you. Listener, Tikva says Shabbat Shalom, please pray for Rav Drukman, Rav Drukman is 90 years old, he is not in good health, he needs our prayers, Rav Chaim Meir Ben Milka, Rav Chaim Meir Ben Milka, Rav Drukman, we pray for his speedy recovery. Rabbi Cash says, a good of Shabbos Zaydi Nachum. Well, that would be Saba. <laughs> uh, give a shout-out to the Cash Carpool on the way to Boca Raton. Hey, Cash Carpool, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Jam in the AM. Listener Judy Landy, a good of Shabbos Nachum. Please play Leif tahars the Rosh Chodesh benching song they dedicated to Lobo. Since tomorrow we bench Rosh Chodesh. Um, yes, we'll do that next. It's a good idea, Judy Landy. We'll do that next. Listener B says, I got my Hanukkah present early. Ralph returned and surprised me this morning returning from Israel. Welcome home, or did he leave home? Hey, we know the answer to that. But That's amazing that Ralph is back. Maybe Mr. Chairman and I could have a little Hanukkah lunch next week at some point. That would be nice. And uh, it was great seeing uh, Ralph in Israel. I've been with Ralph, and he's been with us. He's such an important part of our of our support and backbone here at JM and the Nachum Siegel Network. We've been together in Dubai, we've been together in Florida, been together in New Jersey, been together in Jerusalem. It was great to have him there in Jerusalem last week as part of our event and as part of our great programming. Thank you, Ralph, and welcome back to the United States. Enjoy the young Israel of East Brunswick bright and early tomorrow morning. More coming up. It's Friday. It's Erev, uh, Erev Shabbos, and it's away Erev Hanukkah. Hanukkah begins Sunday night. And you're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs>
4: Akhayde
1: shaz Akhayde shakhayde shaz Jati khade shale nu wa akhayde shaz
0: quest, Leif Tahar, with Birchas Achodesh here at JM in the AM. That is quite a song, to say the least. Dedicated, of course, to the memory of Lobo, who we remember so fondly. If uh, if he was around, he'd probably go on the air with me at some point over the next couple of days and encourage everybody to give and support JM in the AM and the Alham Siegel Network. He was one of our uh, amazing supporters. Um fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, those of you who want to help us out and keep us going. Give a generous donation, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. By the way, when I was in Israel, so um, the O family was a very big presence, Baruch Hashem, at our event last week, and... um, Many of you know, I mean, Avi Abelow obviously has been on this show, and uh, I know him and his wife for God knows how long, and uh, his parents, Debbie and Dr. Peter Abelow, are two people who mean so much to all of us in the Siegel family, but especially me. Um, I wasn't kidding when I said last week that he is partly, meaning Dr. Peter, is partly responsible for who I am. Anyway, uh, I was made aware of the fact that um, our dear friend, Dr. Peter Abelow, is co-creator of a website, Israel is Beautiful. If you go to Israelisbeautiful.com, you will be thrilled to see just how beautiful Israel is. (laughs) So kudos to Dr. Peter Abelow and his co-creator. Again, it's uh, Israelisbeautiful.com. I mean, simple as that. Israelisbeautiful.com. Check it out. You'll be glad you did that. I could tell you, really, really nice. Um, today we are dedicating, <clears throat> we are dedicating our uh, the music and our broadcast and the Divrei Torah of our broadcast um, in honor of uh, listener Ruvain Brick's mother's twelfth yard side. Her yard site, her twelfth yard side is today Chaf Beis Kislev. So we are uh, dedicating our broadcast, essentially, to her memory this morning here at JM in the AM. And I want to thank uh, the Brick family for their donation. It's much appreciated. Um, Chana Bas Mayor Halevi. Chana Bas Meyer Halevi, that's the name, and again, we thank uh, Ruvain Brick and the Brick family, and we are dedicating this morning's show to Chana Bas Meyer Halevi, and that includes, by the way, Harry Rothenberg's segment uh, about Parshas Vayeshev, uh, which we're going to do in just a moment here in J- at JM in the AM. So we'll have that for you in a second. Uh, I again welcome listener Ralph, our chairman, back to the United States of America. Apparently, according to the information on our app, he surprised his wife B by arriving this morning, and uh, we welcome him back and wish both him and B a very, very wonderful Shabbos. Um. Oh, and I mentioned the Young Israel of East Brunswick, and B says that's where Ralph went directly from the from the flight for davening this morning. So he yeah, he didn't have to wait till tomorrow to check out the Young Israel of East Brunswick. He's there today. <laughs> and there you go. Um another person who is back in town, so to speak, back in the US after her visit to Israel is listener Sina. And I got this note, I apologize it's a day late, but I got this note, it says, Happy, happy birthday to my delicious grandson, Arye Leib Gifter of Staten Island, who turned five this week. Arye Labe, you're such a special boy, I can't wait to see you next week and spend time with you over Hanukkah. And a huge birthday shout out to my numero uno son-in-law, Rabbi Yaakov Gifter, who also celebrated a birthday this week. We will not say what number. Yaakov, I wish you good health and abundant hatzlach and all your work. And I as I and I always say thank you so much for all the nachas. I can never have enough. With much love from Ema Bubs, that listener Sina. <laughs> That's how we know her. Listener Sina down in Florida. And apparently she is back down in Florida. And we wish her a wonderful Shabbat Shalom after her trip to Israel. It was wonderful to see her in Israel as well. Listener Sina was at our event. Last Wednesday night, plus, of course, in our broadcast on Thursday when we kicked off our uh, end-of-year campaign during the Day of Giving. So it was amazing to see listener Sina and her daughter spend time with us in Jerusalem as well. A lot of good people out there we get to spend time with. Harry Rothenberg has something to say regarding the... Uh, um, the, this week's Parsha of Ayeshev, here he is on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos at J.M. in the AM. We dedicate his words in the memory of Hanalea Bas Meir Halevi, whose 12th yard site is today.
7: Many people have the custom when they make Kiddush on Shabbos to hold the cup on their palm. sometimes flat, sometimes with their fingers around the bottom of the cup. But the cup rests on the palm. Why? Some say that the source is this week's Parsha. Because in the wine minister's dream, he explains how he placed Pharaoh's cup On Pharaoh's palm. So apparently that's the way a king holds a cup. So when we're raising that cup for Kiddush to sanctify God, the king's name, we hold it in the royal fashion. But still, why does the wine minister get that merit? Couldn't we have had another scene with one of our great ancestors, Avraham or Moshe or somebody holding a cup on their palm? Why do we learn it from the wine minister? To answer that question, I want to ask a different question. What did Yosef see in the wine minister's dream that caused him to interpret it favorably and tell the wine minister in three days, you'll be back in your position, versus the dream of the baker whom Yosef told in three days, you're going to get killed. Look carefully at the two dreams. In the wine minister's dream, he's holding Pharaoh's cup in his hand, and he's squeezing the grapes himself into the cup, and then he's placing the cup on Pharaoh's hand. The guy is sleeping. Having a dream, often dreams are products of what we were thinking about during the day. This guy is sleeping and dreaming about serving his master. Carefully holding the cup, squeezing the grapes himself, he's not delegating the responsibility. Placing the cup carefully on his master's hand. That's a good servant. Three days, he's going back to his position. Now look at the baker's dream. The baker's got these fancy baskets. Pharaoh's food is in them. Instead of holding them in his hands, Protecting Pharaoh's food, or covering them, also protecting Pharaoh's food. He's got the baskets on his head, and birds are pecking at Pharaoh's, his master's food. That is not a good servant. Off with his head. So the wine minister is a very, very loyal servant, even in his sleep, dreaming about serving his master. And in fact, at the Passover Seder, one of the reasons for the four cups of wine is that they correspond to the four mentions of the cup of Pharaoh in the wine minister's dreams and in Yosef's interpretation. That's a guy who's teaching us how to serve a master. On Passover, we celebrate our freedom, but not freedom to do whatever we want, freedom to serve our master, to serve God. Maybe it's the same answer for the Kiddush cup. When we hold that cup up to sanctify God's name, we want to think of ourselves as very loyal, faithful servants, always thinking about how we can improve, even in our sleep, dreaming of ways to be better servants to our Father in Heaven.
0: Thank you, Harry Rothenberg, JMM, Friday morning, of Shabbos, Hanukkah begins Sunday night. It's Erev Shabbos, Parashas Vayeshev, candle lighting in New York, 409. We will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh will be Shabbos and Sunday. We will have a Shabbos Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh, and we'll have a Sunday Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh next week. Dedicating this morning's show to Hanaleah Mayor Halevi, Ruvain Brick's mother, whose 12th yard site is today. Um... And, of course, uh, Malcolm homeline is coming up. or Uden is coming up. Dovi Newberger is coming up. We'll speak with him about an event going on Monday and a whole lot more. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Ables and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, beef fry kishka, and more. And modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Take a 10% discount with promo code radio and try a and H today. By the way, this coming Monday, Rabbi Yusrael Besser is going to join us. We'll talk about the book Riv Dovid, about Riv Dovid Feinstein. We have a couple of books we'll be featuring this coming Monday. Our friends at Artscroll.com remind you that whenever you buy anything, new, classic, sets, other items, whatever you buy at artscroll.com, make sure to use promo code radio. When you do, you get a nice discount plus free shipping. Every time you use promo code radio nice discount and free shipping check out Rabbi Krones' brand new book we spoke about it yesterday the grandeur of the Magid that's a great gift the brand new of Dovid book all these are great gifts check it out artscroll.com make sure to use promo code radio for major discounts and free shipping you'll be glad you did then I could tell you you'll be thrilled that you did um let's see here uh tomorrow night our friends at the Young Israel Talmud Torah Flapush have a uh, lecture, part of their lecture series, by Rabbi Tzvi Ram. Rabbi Tzvi Ram, who uh, served for 20 years as a rabbi of the historic Biala Stucker Synagogue on the Lower East Side and is an administrator of the Manhattan Bizden for Conversions, will speak on the topic of contemporary conversion in America. Rabbi Tzvi Ram, tomorrow night, 8.15, Contemporary Conversion conversion in America. It's happening at the Young Israel, Talmud Torah, Flatbush, 1305 Coney Island Avenue, between Avenues I and J in Brooklyn. 718-377-2528. 718-377-2528 for information. All right. So that's happening tomorrow night. Also, a quick glance. just want to see here. Um... So, I'm going to click glance at our community calendar. And uh, you'll notice that the uh, the Toby Mayer Memorial Scholarship Breakfast is up there, happening down in Edison. The Hanukkah Musical Festival with Yehuda Glanz. Uh, Chabad of Vieira is up there. Uh, the Festival of Lights, the Festival of Laughs that we're going to be talking about with Dovey Newberger. For this coming Monday night on the Upper West Side is up there on our community calendar. New Springville Jewish Center, their Hanukkah event in Staten Island is on our community calendar. The Stanton Street Hanukkah concert with Kol HaKol on the Lower East Side. That's up there. The Onina concert that we spoke about in New York City's Parky Synagogue on December the 20th. The Onina is coming in from Israel. That special duet. They're going to be uh, at Park East Synagogue on the 20th of December. Uh, That's up there on our community calendar. Moshav Band, live at Brooklyn Made, is going to be uh, happening on the 29th. That's on our community calendar. If you want to get an event in our community calendar, send it to Avrami AF at NahumSiegel.com, AF at NahumSiegel.com. For information about any of the events I just spoke about, go to uh, the community calendar section of NahumSiegel.com, NahumSiegel.com slash community dash calendar, NahumSiegel.com slash community dash calendar calendar. Uh, please participate in our year-end campaign and support the work of jm and the Nahum Segal Network. Go to fjbunity.org and uh, place a, um, a a donation there um, when you can. I hope sooner rather than later. Again, it's uh, fjbunity.org. Keep us going for yet another year here at jm and the Nahum Segal Network. fjbunity.org fjbunity.org <laughs>
3: Yes, I see me. And I'll
1: That's specially of when we spread the news about the cruise of oil way back then. That but for eight days straight, it's hard to compute. So now let's count the exact amount of nights we celebrate, then let's sing one. I'll play you the tune on my harmonica Icicles and snowflakes all over the place We love to throw snowballs in each other's face Look in there, by the wind there A Hanukkah menorah so bright Come let's play dreidel, each jingle and natal And eat latkes all through the night Come, let's play dreidel, you too, Sarapredo, and eat latkes all through the night. Bankruptcy. jews they searched with grit and toil they found the pure jug in the soil and it burned for eight days straight now we eat lots and lots of luckers, because it's that time of year lots and lots of latkes because hanukkah is here lots and lots of
0: i mean is the line from that song the big bad shin <laughs> that is the line from that song as far as i'm concerned Benny Friedman, brand new from "It's uh, Chanukah" again. I should say the medley is entitled "It's Chanukah" again, from the album. It sounds like Chanukah. It's not even the. Uh, it's not even the track that has dreidel in its title, and it's such an amazing dreidel song. Uh, sheer soul. Before that, with the funky Chanukah, if you will, Droy Krod" done by Leif Tohar, and here we are on a Friday morning, of Shabbos at JM in the AM. Dedicating this morning's show to Bas Mayor Halevi. That's Ruvain Brick's mother, whose 12th yard set is today. Bas Basmeyer Halevi. Uh, reminder, Hanukkah begins Sunday night. It's of Shabbos Parshas Vayeshev in New York. Candle lighting is 4.09. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 4.09 is candle lighting time. Also, um, we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Teves will be Shabbos and Sunday, which means we will have a uh, Shabbos Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh and a Sunday Hanukkah Rosh Chodesh. And um, oh, we will remind you about that all week long, that's for sure. Uh, again, it begins Sunday night. Get ready for the big holiday, everybody. It is uh, always wonderful and incredible, especially when you get to spend it with family and friends. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com, if you'd like a resource, if you'd like a uh, website where you could print out thousands of articles before Shabbos and become even more educated about Israel and the Jewish world, we highly recommend JewishWorldReview.com again. JewishWorldView dot com. Rabbi Yudin has quite a long presentation today for Shabbos and for Chanukah, so we're going to get straight into our weekly update with Malcolm Honeline. Malcolm Honeline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. With us Friday mornings for the weekly update at JM and the AM. Mister Honeline, welcome back to JM and the AM.
8: Thank you. Good to be with you. Getting ready for Chanukah, huh? Sunday night. Absolutely absolutely yeah we'll a real big build up yeah big <laughs> big
0: build up is right especially in israel apparently they've been i mean it was great to see it when i was there how they're basically uh, displaying and eating donuts for the entire month of kislev and that's the way it should be done uh all right uh let's start with the new york times as much as i don't like doing that uh in this era of um uh, in this atmosphere, I should say, of anti-Semitism, uh, of people freely uh, feeling that they can um, uh, condemn and make public statements against the Jewish community, etc. So the New York Times has this article this week, which a lot of people are outraged about, again, about the educational system among the quote-unquote ultra-Orthodox community. Is, was the article a big problem, Malcolm, or is it only because of this trend that the New York Times has uh, embarked on years ago? Is it, is it the trend that's the bigger problem in this whole thing?
8: I think it's both. The trend is only a reflection of what they're publishing. And from what I've heard just in the last 24 hours, there are another 10 articles that they're working on. This is going to be a multi-year commitment on their part. And uh, it is the most amazing demonstration of bias that one can imagine in the newspaper and that they can get away with it. Almost with impunity is is incredible, and that despite the protests and people say that people should go to the times, they're they're completely indifferent to it, and it's it's um, you know you can't even boycott it anymore because very few people get a, a subscription to it, right. and you know they operate uh, with little impunity, and it's it's disgusting. You know, there's room for criticism, and there's legitimate criticism in, in this regard, but that uh, that that may be found. But none of this is uh, legit. This is clearly a campaign, and uh, I I don't know at this point what the community can do. I mean, people can pick it there. They don't care. They like it, and and I would say that it uh, draws attention to them.
0: I mean, you remember practically every encounter between the Jewish community and the New York Times uh, in recent memory. I mean, has it always been this way, or is it only recently that this indifference has uh, been displayed by them?
8: Well, no, it's the hostility that they're demonstrating. I wish where they were indifferent and just leave us No, but I'm, I'm saying when but, Jewish <laughs> leaders or
0: organizations react I, I to it, you're, you're, you're saying that now they just don't care. Was there a time when they, when it actually worked? When it actually helped? When you could sit down with them and have a discussion?
8: At times, uh, and you wouldn't. They would never make a concession on the moment, but they would. You know, you would see some change in tenor. But their coverage, whether it's Israel, whether it's uh, Jewish communities, whether it's other things, uh, and it's being fed uh, by people as well, that um, and this indifference, I don't remember. But it's generally, it's the media as a whole, the yeah. level of anti-Semitic stuff that we see in the Internet and many other places. So periodically, somebody is dropped or censored. But. By and large, you look, you even see uh, Elaine Luria, who who was leaving Congress, you know, accuses some of her comments, her colleagues in Congress of peddling anti Semitic uh, dual loyalty uh, tropes. And uh, I mean, for somebody leaving Congress, a Democrat, by the way, and uh, she said, you know, that she got up the first time as a Jewish woman to speak out against anti Semitism uh, and the alarming rise of it. But she said it's even reared its ugly head among our colleagues in talking about it within Congress. And, and you know, so there, there's no area that seems to be immune to it. And the New York Times is feeding this in, in really terrible ways. And it, it's not something that will go away. People who say they dismiss it. It isn't, it gets part of the currency and it becomes a le- legitimating thing for some of the haters, whether from whatever group they come from. To uh, to use.
0: That's funny because last last week you and I were discussing the uh, uh, this whole issue of you know Congress still being friendly environment for our community and for Israel etc. And I'm not suggesting that in general it's not, but just to hear what you're saying in terms of what's happening even there is pretty scary.
8: And if you look at just in the in the last couple of days the incidents that have taken place, and you see the distortion in coverage, the misrepresentations. First of all, about domestic affairs is one thing, where they won't identify the perpetrator or uh, often. Um, but the the um, the you know the family of a of a dead Palestinian activist, Nizar Banat, um, went to, to the ICC, the International Criminal Court, against. Hello.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes.
8: Yeah. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> I, I didn't know I was getting musical accompaniment. Just just,
0: just, um, a, co- just a computer restarting. I, my apologies.
8: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Nizar Banat, uh family is it went to the to the Hague to the ICC and accuses seven Palestinian officials of responsibility for killing him while he was in police custody, and. Um, and that there was um, a total indifference uh, to it and he had been beaten according to the postmortem on the head the chest the necks, all over his body and with less than an hour elapsing before his arrest and his death so and they got no but you don't do you see the headlines do you see anything like near the coverage of the, the reporter or the or other instances and and uh, similarly w- we've seen it in um the murder of of, uh, one of the members of the United Nations interim forces in Lebanon. And the world turns a blind eye to it. He was killed in clear, uh, whether it was assassination or uh, intent, they're claiming, uh, Hezbollah was claiming it was uh, what he called an unintentional incident that led to the death of this uh, Irish soldier. On the peacekeeping uh, troops that are in, in southern Lebanon, not because they're effective, and they usually work together with the Hezbollah. But it's such an imbalance, and there's so much distortion in this that it's it's too blatant to overlook.
0: I was going to ask you about that incident. I, I now I understand why uh, Israel wasn't blamed or or assumed that they were responsible for, because it, it's clear that in fact it was the enemy who was uh, responsible for it. Um, I didn't realize. Well, it was
8: lo- locals who were shooting at, this, uh, at them in an armored vehicle, and it rolled over. And there are cell phone videos that were shown online, um, and it shows one of the two vehicles speeding to leave the area while it was being shot at. Right. So there's no question about the origin and the nature of the attack.
0: Right, but whenever you see... You know something happening with something having to do with the UN on the border of Israel. That was my first inclination. I'm glad you cleared that up. All right, we should talk for a moment. Uh, I I am assuming just like you would encourage dialogue and would encourage you know protests that hopefully would not fall on indifferent ears. Um, there is a uh, uh, a rally. There's a uh, an anti uh, I guess we'd call it an anti anti-Semitism rally. It's called Shine a Light on Anti-Semitism, happening in Times Square this coming Monday, the second night of Hanukkah, at 5 p.m. in Times Square, Broadway and 47th Street. Lots of sponsoring organizations. I I'm I'm assuming that that you and other Jewish leaders would only encourage people to come out to something like that.
8: Yeah, we're very involved. Uh, we support the event. It's very important and it's taking place in different cities across the country and a number, of, quite a number of organizations have joined behind it. Uh, they did it last year for the first time and uh, as you see, they're, they're, it's also a vehicle to, to get a message out to people generally um, and the, um, you know, it's very important that there be a good turnout
0: hundred percent. I also want to mention, and I know this is in the future, we'll have a chance to talk about it, but someone pointed out to me that on November the 18th, there were two people arrested at Penn Station after one of them posted threats to attack a shul the next day. And apparently one of them is still being held in jail and the other one was released without bail. And on February the 1st, there's going to be a courtroom date for them uh, uh, on Center Street near City Hall at the criminal court building. So again, if people can set aside some time to actually attend that, that's important as well, right?
8: I think it's important, and I think when you have guys, uh, judges, taking actions as they did to release somebody back into the community where he was carrying out the attacks or alleged uh, attacks, um, uh, maybe picketing the the judge and you know, and where he is or where he lives or where his office is or something, as long as they're peaceful and, and uh, constructive. I think we have to start exposing those who who are doing this revolving door justice we see some of the officials now are backing off of it and and recognize that it's a threat not just to our community but to every community but it's it's simply outrageous that that this could happen and by the way I want just one on the other subject sure. you know that the 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 um UN ambassador is is going to show um proof that most of the Palestinian miners who were killed uh, are, are, are were all people with ties to terrorist group. It's like the lawsuit that Al Jazeera is bringing over the killing of the reporter and the person that quote eyewitness turns out to be a member of the terrorist organizations. And that's a credible visit, uh, uh, presenter, and and it, it permeates everything. And when the UN calls the death of a Palestinian shocking. I mean, they don't have a clue. They don't understand. They don't go into the information. This is about Jana who was uh, on a Janine uh, rooftop, but was standing next to terrorists who were shooting. And this is, um, and and with the daily attacks that have been taking place and and more than 20 Israelis killed uh, in attacks this year, you know, it makes it all the more outrageous. And when there's anti-Semitic attacks here, and we have to be careful because sometimes, as, as a recent case, it was actually some Jewish youth who were engaged in some mischief that uh, resulted that ended up in a perception in a of, of an anti-Semitic attack. Oh but most of them are, and and we have to be responsive to it.
0: Boy, that uh, episode to- about the rooftop takes the term "human shield" uh, uh, to, <laughs> to another degree. You know, it's one thing when they're when they're you know utilizing school buildings and hospitals. And, and forcing Israelis to decide whether to bomb those areas, but when they're literally standing next to kids, right? When they're literally carrying out their terrorist operations next to kids, it, and,
8: and, and if I could just add yes, to it, that, that there's another study that just came out, the IDF just released, showing that terror that the organization—something that won't be new to you or your audience, but to most people—that three schools are are with over a thousand students in Hamas territory. They if intentionally. Put there the the rocket launchers, and they're releasing the photos showing the installation of the rocket launchers. After you know, we hear all the defenses of the schools in in uh, and that uh, you know, UNRWA and I heard even from UN officials in the in the last uh, two weeks. And this it's ridiculous. The only good news we have is the uh, removal Iran from the Commission on uh, Yeah. By uh, the way, on-
0: when did the UN get a little bit of a backbone? <laughs>
8: It, or you know what? The, Sometimes it becomes too blatant that even the U.N. can't, uh, can't ignore it. Oh, but come and on. justify it. But, but it would never- when the women are doing the demonstrations and all of this stuff, it's unbelievable.
0: Oh, so if not for what's going on in Iran now with the quote-unquote you know, women's part of the revolution, it may not have happened.
8: It may, they may not have rescinded it. Uh, they have They didn't do it before that, and we right. protested every year. Look, look what, and look how they mistreated women and all the right. restrictions and everything. That's a good point. And right. you know, and they didn't do it. But when they publicly execute an innocent guy, and and they hung him from a crane again, from a crane. So you know, in such blatant disregard for any standard, and they, they claimed that he allegedly stabbed two members of the power military force, um, and during uh, because of the the forces killing the protesters um i mean he was arrested and he's one of thousands maybe tens of thousands who are, have been arrested from the demonstrations and it's already the second uh, uh, murder uh, execution of somebody from the demonstrations but more than 500 people were executed in Iran this year which is the highest of any country in the world hello where are the reports where 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 do we see the support that should be going to all these people who are risking their lives constantly demonstrating, speaking up.
0: Well, the one and, this, this the one this week was just horrifying, and and there was some media coverage of it. And I wondered, it, it, I, I asked you a similar question last week. I'm so curious about it. Does it deter the protesters because of the fear, or does it does it does it in, uh, uh, encourage them? Like, ha- what is their reaction to it?
8: Encourages more demonstrations. They have not been able to to you know you know it's, it's very well paced the demonstrations and the authorities have not been able to even though the BCG and others have been more active, the warnings are more blatant. The actions, uh, as we see in this case, they think that this is going to it. They're making a mistake. And, you know, they, the people can't pick their own lawyers and they don't see the evidence against them in the cases. Uh, I mean, we could spend the whole show talking about just the violations of law and, and the, um, uh, the, the the nature, how they in, introduce religious messages and, and undertones to the prosecutions uh, of these people. This is, um, and then they make up the stories that they were engaged in all sorts of uh, terrible uh, activities. But to, to hang somebody like this and to um, be engaged in these activities, there's no deterrence from them. From I, them. I, I mean, I, I, we don't see the West rising in, in defense of these people, even though some more and the U.S. has made some better statements, but still, it's it's nowhere near what we should be
0: doing. That's why I wonder. And you speak to some of these leaders. I wonder what they would say their end game is, meaning the protest leaders. And without that great support of the West, I, I, I wouldn't say they're being completely ignored. But you described it well. You know, this, this lukewarm support of the West. You know, is is that goal even achievable? What would they say is the end game? By the way, they're looking for a full revolution. What are they looking for?
8: Ultimately, regime change. And that some of them say it, but they don't say it outright because then it will be termed to be a revolution against the government. Right. So this way, they're demonstrating for their rights. The women that have been leading the fight, and there will be some adjustment. But the reports, as I said, I think last week, when the first report came out about disbanding the the, the uh, morality police, who were blamed for the death of the woman, the original that but it, it it is uh it is not true. They didn't disband it. They may reorganize, but they they continue to press and to con to, the, the processes have continued in every way and um uh and the 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 nature of the response now and rallying the people saying that this is a war against Allah and, the, and all the things that they're uh they're doing uh and the fact that they're reverting back to this kind of a public execution um is uh, is they're they're misreading the crowd
0: yeah hard not to uh, agree with that um what's the significance of the, well significance i get the significance because you always want to bring people to justice who are responsible for murder uh but uh, all these years later the lockerbie bombing of 1989 now has a suspect that's being held uh by american authorities what can you tell us about how the United States pulled this off this week.
8: Well, they've known this guy and they've uh, traced him for all the years. They finally were able to arrest him in Tunisia and in Libya. And, um, uh, you know, there's no statute of limitations. I think when it comes to this kind of a murder, or a terrorist attack, and, and it's a message just to, to the terrorists that, you know, they may get away for a while, but ultimately they'll be caught and justice will be served you know, and too many countries today don't and too many people don't take it seriously. By the way, when when we talk about arrests, you saw that Turkey arrested, despite the charm offensive going on now, 44 people and they claimed that they were involved with the Mossad, although none of them are Israelis. They uh, most of them are, are Turkish citizens and some were private detectives and a head of a detective firm um, whose, whose name was purely a Turkish name and the arrests were were supposedly because they were shadowing Palestinians and pro-Palestinian organizations and the the um and, you know we know that these things tend to be completely sham arrests and they they go after political opposition they can use it uh to rally the people um and and it shows that uh you know they're saying that this is a statement by them that despite forming relations, you can't act against Palestinians inside Turkish territory. Well, maybe it's because they went after Hamas or because of Israeli pressure. Um, You know, you remember the case of the the Israeli couple last year that were arrested for taking a picture outside one of the palaces, and they were ultimately released.
0: But 44 is a big number. When I saw that, I was like, Wow. yeah, that's a big number. I'm sure
8: they have long lists
0: of people there waiting. That's an entire spy network. But, I mean, (laughs) the fact that none of them are Israeli is interesting and quite telling. And I'll tell you one other thing, which um, I think you were alluding to, and that's, uh, you know, Erdogan being very concerned about his political opponents and those, you know, within the uh, political scene that are rising that could, in fact, you know, unseat him one day, right? I mean, he's paranoid about that so I, I I guess one of the things he's doing is making sure to arrest those who you know could get in his way i I never really I never really associated one story with the other. are Are they two related which two that he's worried about you know political opponents and at the same time you know arresting people on false charges Yes so they of are course. they are related in other words, anyone who fee- he feels is a threat it's going to be on that list of forty four
8: and they'll find guises under which under which to do it. But, you know, you won't see uh, like the analysis in the media, except by some of the think tanks and some of the specialists who expose uh, these kinds of things, you know, and the discrimination that goes on inside uh, many countries. There's an interesting uh, report that came out that um, shows that the only country where the Christian community is increasing is Israel, the only one. And the population grew by one and a half percent in 2020 yeah. because they have religious freedom, and they were. And 84 percent of the Christians in Israel say they're satisfied with their life there. In Syria, the Christian population of 1.7 ten years ago is less than half a million now, and in Iraq, there were 1.5 million. There's less than 10 percent of that today, so it's ridiculous. You saw so even in Beit the Christian percentage went from 84 to 28 percent. Where's the coverage? Where's the no, no, noting the, the positive story of uh, the growth of the community in Israel, let alone covering the fact that uh, 3,000 Palestinian children had heart operations in Israel at the expense of the Israeli government, 3,000 uh, in the um, the special heart program, that uh, has been really remarkable. Also, kids from other countries uh, as well. You know, the positive stories just don't get the, the notice. Even the UAE and Israel signing the free trade agreement got some coverage, but hardly reporting that the trade is already at two billion dollars and and growing.
0: Is Israel the only country where the Jewish population is growing as well?
8: <laughs> it is probably the Not only the- country. I mean, we certainly see that in Europe. Uh, Jewish communities are growing, and overall in America, the birth rate amongst Jews is not replacement, uh, except in the, in the Orthodox uh, sectors. And in the, the um, birth rate in Israel in all sectors continues to rise. And it's, uh, it's really quite a remarkable statement on the part of people who are not even necessarily conscious of it, but they have the highest birth rate amongst the developing countries.
0: You know, speaking of miracles, by the way, and I know that Hanukkah is a good time to talk about miracles, just give me uh, 30 seconds on this. Yesterday, someone calls me from Israel panicking that he's on the road and will not make a minion from Mincha. And his wife next to him says, you know what's going to happen? We're going to, we're going to be driving, and in a few minutes it's going to be sunset, and there'll you know probably be people somewhere near us trying to form a minion. Anyway, a few minutes later, right before Shkia, there are 30 people on the side of the road <laughs> making a minion for Minicham. And I'm saying to myself, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. This whole State of Israel thing is a miracle. The fact that this is happening in the State of Israel is a miracle. I know, I know that I'm overreacting to a pretty simple story, but I think you get my point.
8: It's not simple at all. It's absolutely, and we should celebrate all these things and point it out. You know, if if they think uh, there's uh, some deficiency, they they all jump on it. But that's true. It is something to be... uh, To celebrate. To be celebrated. Especially as we
0: start the holiday of miracles this coming Sunday night. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the World of Women, AlchemSegal.com, and the AlchemSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Please support our year-end campaign by going to fjbunity.org. Again, please support our year-end campaign by going to fjbunity.org and be as generous as as possible, so it seems the Ben and Jerry's thing is decided. All the details are not being released, but it seems that in Israel, uh, in Judea and Samaria, both to Jews and Arabs, they'll be able to continue selling Ben and Jerry's. And as you said last week, uh, I, we're not a hundred percent sure why the entire Jewish world went crazy about this issue. But thank God, uh, there was a reaction that got a positive result. Right?
8: That is right, and it is an important um, uh, statement to the business community. The Ben and Jerry's case because you're dealing with Unilever which is a multi billion dollar uh, or trillion dollar company and the fact that they took the stand, the position and have pursued it despite the lawsuits from Ben and Jerry's board of directors and their you know over the uh, sale under the Israeli licenses uh, of of uh, packaging with Hebrew and, and Arabic uh, word, letter words right. um, and that he's going to be able to continue is a victory.
0: Government formation. Uh, are we closer to, in fact, having a full-fledged government in Israel?
8: Ever closer, okay. but it's um, taking much longer than predicted. Many people thought it would be easy because, you know, everybody, it's a right-wing government and, I mean, there's no parties there that were yeah, expected well to be problematic, but Everybody knew that there would be haggling, and Netanyahu has to deal with outside pressures uh, from the U.S., from Europe, from everywhere about some of the members of the of the government. But uh, as he said uh, this week, you know they they've toned down their comments, and that power, you know, people, you know, imposes responsibility, and once you're in power, you can you don't do and say the same things that you do when you're outside, when you're not held to account in the same way. And and Netanyahu, as I said on the show, the last two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, he will <laughs> remain in control. He will, you know, that, that no matter what, he's gonna, he, he keeps the defense ministry, the foreign ministry, the dairy and, and finance will, will work with him. Um, the biggest, the most sensitive issue is obviously about the police. And, and they're, you're not gonna just institute radical change in policies. There will be some changes, there will be some things, and that's what happens when you elect a new government. If we do the same thing here, and we do it in any democracy, when new governments come in, they remain committed to principles, and, and I, you know, this whole campaign that Israeli democracy is dying, it's a democratic election. Of right. nobody can test right. that.
0: When you say with power comes responsibility and most people adjust accordingly, um, that was not exactly the case with a recent election here in the United States. We all thought that there would be responsibility or, or more responsible rhetoric from the White House after someone takes power. It doesn't always happen. I mean, you're right. I think you're right in this case. In Israel, it is you know the needle's moving in that direction, but it doesn't always
8: happen. But
0: let's hope. And, and
8: not in every election does somebody get elected in members of Congress or whatever right. who are better than the ones before, and therefore may engage in. Right. Right? But the system itself hopefully in a democracy, holds people to account, and if not, the citizens do. Are people making... Oh, I'm, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: No, I was going to say, are people making too big of a deal of the potential uh, rift between Prime Minister Netanyahu and President Biden? Because I, 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 I would assume that's either media-created or, or or left-wingers in the media who want to call attention to something that I don't think is ever going to exist. Do you agree with that?
8: There are even elements in the Jewish community who whose uh, comments and whose... Uh, organizations and individual leaders are irresponsible, and you know, feeding the the hostile line because now they can say, oh, it's not the uh, the extremists, the anti-Israel, the haters, and stuff. Look, here's a statement by these organizations. Here's a statement by others that even when uh, McCarthy wants to hold you Omar and others to account for their anti-Israel statements, they get attacked, right. and it's uh, and you know, it's it's not representative, I think, of the majority opinion. And people are entitled to their views, but I think this is, this is it doesn't make much sense. And what is the message that is sent? And other organizations obviously came out in support of his intention. Uh, one can debate it. You can say it's a good president, not a good president, but to, not to recognize what the the purpose and the motivation is, and let alone when you know uh, people are, are engaged in the kinds of, of rhetoric. And there are some very interesting analyses about. Um, showing that the American community
0: uh, One second, I apologize. Hang on. One moment. Sorry about that, Malcolm. That was my fault. You were saying the American community.
8: Still remains in... Well, of course it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it my fault? Is the phone's fault? No, it's your fault. Could have been your fault, so- though. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I was just saying that there was a, a thing uh, released by uh, by non-right not wing group, uh, the Jewish Institute for Liberal Values, and it showed that Israel sympathizers outnumbered Palestinian sympathizers by two to one, and support for Israel is three to one, even amongst boomers, that um, uh, the res- re- support was four to one. So, and as people, you know, people look at the young people as they get older and, and learn more of the facts, they, they tend to come back. This can be, be an act of rebellion. I don't dismiss it. I think it's something we have to always be sensitive to. But the, the ginning up of this thing, of saying, well, this was going to alienate them and going and telling them it's anti democratic and all of these things and the messages, you have to be responsible. Criticism is legitimate. You can have differences with Israel, with anybody, but think of the consequences of your words and how they'll be used by. Enemies who don't share, even when there is a positive motivation.
0: All right, as I told you, I'm already behind schedule, but I I can't leave you without, uh, or or have you leave us. Without without the message, Uh, a lot of people are gathering with family and friends uh, over the next few days. It's Hanukkah, after all, beginning Sunday night. What should the message be to our children and grandchildren?
8: We overcame then, we will overcome now, that the lights of Hanukkah should inspire us, Look at them and understand how many attempts there were over the years to to destroy us. People should go and look at all the recent discoveries in Israel which deal with the Hanukkah story and how it perpetuates and, and validates, even for the most skeptical, about the, the true story and finding uh, remarkable uh, evidence of it. But the message of Rabin bi'at ma'atim, temeim bi'at ahurim, reshoim bi'at Sadikim, that we overcame overwhelming odds, but it was all the pure over the impure the righteous over the wicked is happening today. We see it in the in of the Jews, how Jews from Russia can come to Israel. We see uh, that they perpetuated Judaism throughout the years. We see in so many cases, ultimately, goodwill or will triumph. Unfortunately, we often have to pay a price for it, but yeah. we know that we have to be resolute and take the message from the Maccabees to today's battle against the Jew-haters.
0: Amazing. Malcolm, I thank you. Happy Hanukkah, we'll speak again next week. Thank you. There he is, Malcolm Honline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, with us Fridays for the weekly update. We have a, a, an opportunity with our children and grandchildren this coming Sunday night through the entire week of Hanukkah, Shabbos, Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh, etc., cetera, et cetera, uh, to make an impact with our message. Um, listen to what Malcolm just said and internalize that and then transmit it uh, to your children and grandchildren. It's an important message uh, during this Hanukkah season, if you will. Uh, J.M. Nam, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning,
9: Achum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow, we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev, wow, is one of the more difficult parashios in the Torah, whereby we're told at the very beginning of the parsha that Yaakov wished to Vayeshev, time to settle down and maybe have life a little bit easier. And Rashi quotes our rabbis that say, wait a minute, not enough, that you're going to get your reward in the next world. Oh my goodness, this world too, This world is for overcoming challenges, and so immediately what do we find? That Yaakov is once again beset with challenges, this time the issue being Yosef and his brothers. The first thing the rabbis teach us is that a parent is not to favor one of their children. That was a mistake that Yaakov made and we know the consequences thereof. Secondly, and probably most important, as we read Parshas Vayeshev, which, as we know, always comes right at or before Hanukkah, please God, is coming Sunday night, and what do we find in the Parsha? The Torah tells us Yaakov sends Yosef to see how his brothers are doing with their pasturing of the sheep. Yosef goes to Shechem, which is where he was sent to go. They're not there. We know that there's no love between Yosef and his brothers, and so he could very well have gone home. Abba, I couldn't find them. The Torah tells us out of nowhere, a man, quote, discovered him and asked, what are you looking for? I'm looking for my brothers. Oh, they're not here. They have gone to Dosan. Yosef goes after them. The rest is history. Thrown in the pit, sold to Mitzrayim. But the most important point that you have to see is God sends the angel Gabriel to be at the right place at the right time to direct destiny of the Jewish people and in truth that of all of history we have to get to Egypt we have to eventually get to Sinai. The world needs the Torah. Our being in Egypt is our preparation for accepting the Torah. How are we going to get to Egypt? It could have been in so many ways. It has to happen. God promised Abraham ger zarachah in chapter 15 in Beresha, Pasuk 13, he promised Abraham that your progeny are going to be strangers, enslaved, persecuted in a land which is not theirs. How do we get there? Ouch. We get there by sinas achim. We get there by, unfortunately, hatred of brothers to a brother, and we ought to learn therefrom how important quote-unquote shalom bias is in each and every family so let's begin talking about Hanukkah this coming Sunday night the Gemara in Shabbos 21b tells us that basically the rabbis established a holiday of Hanukkah because the Greeks had overrun the base Hamikdash and what did they do and we'll come back to this later on Timu Kol they defiled all the oil in the base Mikdash. and when the royal house of Hashmonaim gained control of the mikdash after three years of battling, they searched the heichal, the chamber of the mikdash which has the menorah, the shulchan, and the mizbeach of Kitoris, and they could only find one flask, one jar of oil, which the Greeks could not see. It was out of their sight. And this jar had the seal of the Kohen Gadol, still intact, while this one jar had the capacity to burn for one day, a miracle occurred, it burned for eight days, and the following year the Chashmaloyim and the Sanhedrin established these eight days as days of Hallel. Fehodoa, festival, with regarding Hallel, the recitation of Hallel, and Hodoa, Thanksgiving to God. Now, we know very clearly that we don't just remember Jewish history, we relive Jewish history. The menorah that they had then on Hanukkah and the oil burned for eight days, we do the same to remind ourselves of the miracle that Hashem did for them then, as we will recite each night of Hanukkah, the second blessing, then and now. It's so important to keep in mind, Miracles God did for us then, thank you Hashem, and the miracles that He does for us now. As we say every day in the modem, but every day it's become second nature to us. We don't appreciate the fact that we say, For the miracles you do every day. But that is why in our davening, right after modem, we say, An, hanisim, And specifically for the miracle of Hanukkah. Okay, just understand that very important, a major difference between Hanukkah and Purim, the two rabbinic holidays. Purim, the intent was to destroy all Jews. God forbid like the Germans. Therefore, how do we celebrate Purim? By having a meal, a, a feast. Why? Because since the body of the Jew was threatened, we celebrate the body. On Hanukkah, if a Jew would say, God forbid, I renounce, I don't keep Shabbos, I don't keep uh, kosher, I don't circumcise my children, the Greeks did not bother them. And therefore, how do we celebrate Hanukkah? Not with the body, so there's no obligation to have, quote, Hanukkah parties. There's no obligation to have Hanukkah meals. It's wonderful, because people can drive and families get together, which is beautiful. However, when you do so, there should be some divrei Torah, there should be some zamiros in honor of Hanukkah, and that way you elevate that it's not simply a family gathering, which is wonderful, but it's elevated as a meal in honor of the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, in honor of his miracles that he does for us. Okay, a few, a review of some of the very basic, important laws of Hanukkah. One, the proper time to light your Hanukkah is with which is the end of Shkiah in the New York area approximately 5 o'clock either a few minutes at 5, a few minutes later but at that time is the best time whenever you light their Hanukkah this is all except for next Friday night that has different rules the lighting for Shabbos Hanukkah which we'll talk about next week please God but For all the days of Chanukah, whenever you light the menorah, as long as you're lighting it after five, it has to be able to burn for a half an hour. Should it go out by itself, somebody inadvertently opens up a window or opens up the door and it goes out, you don't have to relight it. You certainly can. And if you ask me, you should, but you don't have to. Why should you? Because... As long as it is lit, there is the concept of Persume Nisa, publicizing the miracle, which is why we put the Neer Hanukkah in the window where it can't be seen by as many people outside. If, however, one lives in a place where they don't have a window facing the street, then it should be placed in the house where it can be seen by most people, we include that shamus, that additional light, near, whether it's higher or lower, etc., near the uh, lights of the menorah, so that if one were to get benefit from the menorah, which we're not permitted to do, why? Why can't we get benefit from the Hanukkah menorah? Because, two things, remember, in yesteryear, there was no electricity, outside it was pitch black. So unless you lit candles, you wouldn't be able, or uh, oil, you wouldn't be able to see. It was very practical. So how do we distinguish and show that this is not for our utilitarian practical use, but it's for the mitzvah? By definition, we don't get benefit therefrom. And the second explanation is very important. That just like in the menorah, in the Beis Migdosh in the temple, one, was not permitted to get benefit from it, so two, the menorah that we light in our home, which is not just a remembrance, but bringing sanctity into our home. So that's the best time today. Whenever you light, it has to be able to last for half an hour. Technically, after the half an hour, you can blow them out. Can. Now, you can light these days, meaning now that we have electricity and people are up till much later in the night. As long as people can see it, you can light it. So you get home at one o'clock at night, you shouldn't because preferably you shouldn't eat before you light near Hanukkah. However, you get home one o'clock at night, if there are people, if you live on a street, their cars can see it, wonderful. The Mishneh writes, it would be preferable that somebody else was with you to see it. Perhaps, according to the Chafetz Chaim, if it's okay, please just get up. You don't need to put on a bow tie. Just be there. I light the menorah, and others say, including Rav Moshe, that you'd be able to light even by yourself, but whenever you light it, it must be able to last that half hour. Women, rabbinic law is based on biblical law. Biblical law says that women are excused from time-bound mitzvot, So from the letter of the law, the woman is excused from sitting in the sukkah, shaking a lulav, and hearing the shofar. They should be excused from near Hanukkah. And they're not. The Talmud says, Because they too were included in the miracle. Meaning, one, that the decree against the observance of Judaism was against the women as well. And if a woman... uh, Said, I am a proud Jewish and I do keep Shabbos and I do uh, keep family purity, etc. Their lives were at stake. So they too were saved by the miracle of Hanukkah. And the second explanation is that a woman helped bring about the salvation of Hanukkah by Yehudis, the daughter of Yochanan, Kohen Gadol. Unfortunately, the Greeks had a horrific practice that a bride, before her wedding, had to spend a night with the local governor, and she beheaded him and brought this package to her abba and said, go for it. That's when the war began. So a woman played a very major role in Hanukkah, as Esther did in Purim. Women are obligated. So if a woman is married, when her husband lights the menorah, she is included in his lighting and therefore does not have to light her own. However, if a woman, A, is alone, she has her own apartment, widowed, divorced, the bottom line is she is alone. She has to light near Chanukah each and every night. First night with three blessings, Every other night with two blessings, period. Now, more than that, Ner Hanukkah is an obligation, as you'll see in a moment, on the home. What does that mean? If one lives on a park bench, they don't put a mezuzah on a park bench, and they don't put a Ner Hanukkah on a park bench. You need Ner Ish Ubeso. You need a bias. You need a home. Now. Let's say, for example, very important, the husband cannot get home tonight. He is stuck in the city because of a snowstorm. No problem, he calls home and he says to his wife, Bubi, I cannot make it tonight. I'll sleep by somebody in the city, but I can't be home for the lighting of the menorah. When she lights the menorah at home, he fulfills his commandment. He doesn't have to light. He was, his obligation was fulfilled by his wife in her lighting in the home. That's a very important point. We hope it doesn't come happen often. But the concept that women are obligated and can even fulfill the mitzvah for her husband. Our Ashkenazic practice is that each of the children light their own menorah. Certainly the males, different customs, different homes about whether girls light the menorah. Whatever your custom is, follow it. On Hanukkah, we include in the Birkas HaMazon, every time we wash and bench, to recite al Hanisim. If, however, one forgot, <clears throat> one does not have to repeat the Birkas HaMazom because you weren't obligated to have the meal. Very important point. This Shabbos is not Hanukkah yet. Next Shabbos, which is going to be, please God, Sh- Shabbos, Hanukkah, and Moshe make sure you include the al Hanisim in your Birkas HaMazom next Shabbos now <clears throat> Hallel each and every day of Hanukkah we recite the complete Hallel each day of Hanukkah and the Kriya of Hanukkah is that we read of the Brach. We read of the gifts, the Niseum, who brought each and every day the karbonos in honor of the dedication of the Mishkan. We read each and every day of the Niseum because Hanukkah is a Rededication of the sanctuary. One more point in terms of halacha: Achsenoi is a guest, a sleepover guest at your home. Be it during the week, during Shabbos. What do they do? Two options: either they bring their own menorah and they light by you, or they are mishtate pebrute. What does that mean? They give you prior to your the pie, uh, prior to your lighting of the oil, which is preferable, or candles. Prior to your lighting, they'll give you some money, a dime, a quarter. What are they doing this for? They are buying into the candles or the oil, so that when you light, you're not lighting yours you're lighting hours, hours meaning that which belongs to the homeowner and the guest, and therefore he satisfies his obligation of uh, lighting the nair by becoming a member of the household. Interesting idea, but that's the way we follow if somebody is a guest in someone's home. I just want to conclude with this idea that the rabbis tell us The Greeks were against three things. They were against Shabbos, circumcision, and Rosh Chodesh. Now, very important to know, the Greeks valued knowledge. They were proud of Aristotle, Socrates, Plato. But to them, knowledge was only that which man could understand. We call it seichel enushi, the intelligence of man. Jews have, aside from the intelligence of man, Jews have seichel eloki, a higher form of knowledge, which is divine, coming from God. So therefore, I have kosher milk, I have kosher meat, but I can't mix kosher with kosher. Why not? Because that is a hook, a law, which comes from God in our Torah. That they could not accept, and it bothered them exceedingly, as if to say that we had a higher, which is correct, a higher form of knowledge than they do, and they who were so proud of their quote-unquote knowledge. And therefore, what do we say in the Al-Hanisim? Thank you, Hashem, for saving us from them who wanted to <clears throat> make us forget, <clears throat> God forbid, the Torah. <clears throat> when you say, say this very slowly, <clears throat> they resented our chukim, our laws without a reason, our checking our suits for shatnez. This is what bothered them, made no sense to them. And we say, you're right, we don't have an answer, but we know that it comes from God. And that's why, listen carefully, the Babylonians destroyed the first temple. The Romans destroyed the second temple. The Greeks defiled. They left the temple intact, but they gave it to us, by showing, we'll show you, they said, and just by their touching our, their rummaging through our oil, that defiled it. The non-Jew has Tuma, which defiled it. It was only a miracle that we found, and that it lasted, etc. So, what's the idea? Shabbos is Shabbos Kodesh, as we know. Mila Before the Moel does the actual circumcision, what does he say, bris kodesh? We're adding Kedusha. The baby boy born of a Jewish mother is already Jewish. The circumcision raises the level of sanctity. And Rosh Kodesh says the medrash, what is the bracha for Kiddush Levana? The first opinion is Mekadesh chadoshim, renews the months. Second opinion in the medrash is Mekadesh imbues holiness into the month. And finally, the third opinion is Mikadesh Yisrael, that God sanctifies the Jewish people. My goodness, how does that explain Kiddush Levana? The medrash goes on to say, that as God is holy, he imbues the gift of holiness to the Jewish people, who in turn, deposit and elevate natural world with holiness. Incredible. Every time we make a bracha, stop and think, you're not only before your coffee, thanking Hashem for everything, including the coffee you're about to drink, but you are at the same time elevating the natural world around you by imbuing the world with a little bit more holiness. This is true with every bracha, it's true with every tavani, that man, and we should keep this in mind, this is Chanukah, this is what it is to teach us. When we recite the Kiddush tomorrow night, What are we doing? We are a partner with Hashem in creation. And as He, Vayikodesh, also God literally made the Shabbos holy, by our reciting Kiddush, we are, quote, seconding His motion. Hashem says, please, I want you to second my motion of the sanctity of Shabbos. We, man, has the ability to be Makadesh. Whoa. This is true. With marriage, the home becomes a home of Kedusha. Hanukkah equals Kedusha. The Greeks did not want to destroy us, they wanted to eliminate Kedusha from the Jewish people. And Hanukkah says that the Jew and Kedusha are inseparable. Wow. Well, I conclude. This Sunday night, we have the privilege to recite three blessings. The first one, and we recite the three before we do the lighting, a hadlaknir, the privilege of number one, lighting the light of Hanukkah, keeping this going. Secondly, nisim, God performed miracles, the victory, the oil, and some say the oil. Miracle came at this time to remind and convince everyone that the military victory was an incredible miracle, and finally, the privilege of living to another Yom Tov. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> that he brought us. Thank God to this day, how grateful we are. Ashreinu. <laughs> Wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom and a most meaningful Hanukkah, remembering how kadosh you are with the capacity to spread kedusha.
0: My apologies that the sound during our Bayudin's presentation was a bit muffled. It's obvious that he uh, recorded that under extenuating circumstances, one would suspect. So. I apologize for that, but glad we were able to present it as we do every single week right here at JM and the AM. 410, actually, we're calling it officially for 409. 409, candlelighting time on this Erev Shabbos here in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are around the world. On this Erev Shabbos, Parsha's Vayeshev, we will venture Shodesh tomorrow or Shodesh, Teves will be Shabbos and Sunday, which means we have a Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah. I was told by one of our listeners on the app that I must say Rosh Chodesh before the Hanukkah because of Tadir V'sheh. No Tadir. How do you like that rule? It even applies to radio, apparently. And then we will have a Sunday Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah coming up. So next weekend, a very big weekend, to say the least, with three Torahs on Shabbos, etc., etc., everything you would expect from a Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, Hanukkah. Speaking of Hanukkah and having fun and getting together and uh, enjoying oneself, the Festival of Laughs is taking place. is coming Monday night uh, up in uh, on the Upper West Side of New York City. It's a comedy night at the Young Israel of the Upper West Side. Again, Monday, December the 19th, the second night of Hanukkah beginning at 8 p.m. Uh, it will star... Uh, Mikey Greenblatt and Steve Cohen, and it will be hosted by our friend Dovey Newberger, who's here in studio at JM and the AM. A pleasure to welcome you to JM and the AM. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Now, these two comedians, Mikey Greenblatt and Steve Cohen, I assume the expectation is that they are going to be hilarious. Does the host have to be hilarious? The host will be hilarious. (laughs) You're saying that definitively with great confidence. Yes, it's a guarantee. How long have you been working on your act for Monday night?
10: Um, My act for Monday night is probably a culmination of uh, 26 years in the Jewish community. Wow. Um, You know, like I grew up youngest of six siblings and the rule in my house was if you didn't have something funny to say, you didn't really get to speak. So uh, that's like what got me into comedy. And um, I still remember... One of the first things that, one of the first comedic endeavors that me and my brothers used to do was impersonations, obviously. And one of our favorites was uh, David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizuk <laughs> on Jam and the
0: Holy cow. I'll have to let him know. He'll be flattered, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, so, uh, uh, thank God the Youngest Jewel of the Upper West Side has given you this forum to express yourself if, in fact, you were somewhat repressed while growing up. (laughs) Thank God they've opened up their doors for this
10: opportunity. Yeah, I'm I'm glad the young Israel agreed to uh, basically host a massive therapy session
0: for (laughs) my my entire childhood, I guess. You know what's funny? Um, When I was younger and the Jewish community in this area was younger, uh, there was a trend that was starting among comedians who were Orthodox or very familiar with our tradition to to do some type of – you know some type of act about you know what it's like being jewish and there were there were one or two that had that whole routine going now it seems this is a real trend it seems like the that the jewish community in and of itself has provided even more and more and more material for people like you to to comment on
10: yeah well if you go into if you went to any comedy club in new york city and watched any lineup of let's say five or six comedians i would say that on average you'll get at least two or three jewish comedians and not just like affiliated jewish grew up with some sort of connection to the jewish community some type of background right um i I think this comedy event's a little bit unique in that it's it's really geared towards people who have very similar upbringings and whenever you have a room full of people with 95 percent of the same life experiences it just lends itself to being hilarious because you have that kind of shared experience to draw the comedic material with um so i have a lot of just uh,
0: very high expectations for this night. Do you have a lot of experience at this? Is this your first time on stage, your hundredth time on stage, or somewhere in between?
10: Um, definitely not my first time on stage. I mean, um, I started with Uff and Shabbat Um and then I recently, a couple months ago, got into like more formal stand-up. Um, I did a show at Gotham a couple months ago, which um, a lot of people made it out for and went great.
0: With a lot of Jewish
10: material or general material? Um, I mean, it was just material about my life, so... Part of it was Jewish. Part of it wasn't Jewish. Um, This one I'm hoping to be, I mean, four of the five comedians coming are, um, are, are for sure Jewish and very affiliated with the Orthodox community. Right um we got one comedian that's just a hilarious really a star and up and coming in the uh, new york comedy scene so it's not limited to these two that i mentioned no so there's um there's also we also got ellie Leibowitz was oh, added he's, great. he's excellent he, i call him the king of shul comedy yeah he's he really created that niche and a very talented comedian by the name of usama sadiki wow. who is not who well, i say is not a brother from another mother he, <laughs> he is a he's a cousin from another shepherd <laughs> So he'll be part of the lineup as well. Yeah, he'll be, and he's really
0: excellent. What's the capacity at the Young Israel, the west Side? Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't you, get the, don't get there late. You think it'll be bursting at the seams? Yeah, I'm hoping. Is this show in high
10: demand? Do you get an indication of what the... What the well, the, the sign-up's been great, thank God. Um, I don't actually know how much the gym can hold, but I, really, I want to raise the roof.
0: How many... Uh, or I should say, what would be the method for people to sign up? What should people do?
10: So on the Young Israel website, it's like the first flyer there. You click on it and you could sign up and pay there. Um, for late, I'm not guaranteeing, but um, if there's any seats left, there will be sign up at the door. There will be ability to purchase tickets. Right. And, a,
0: and as you know, from your life experience, there are people listening right now who are in their 20s and some in their 90s. I would assume you're looking for more of the 20s and 30s crowd to come out and enjoy Monday night.
10: I mean, I think the, I think the young Israel, the Upper West Side is all about kind of the uh, synthesis of those two generations. You know, there's like a lot of people in their 20s and then there's a lot from that have been living in the Upper West Side. Since apartments were five dollars or uh, five dollars a month, so <laughs> do you
0: think that they'll be coming? Do you um, think? I hope. I, oh, think, so I think. you do it, want a diverse audience. I
10: really would love for it to be. You know, I I approached the. Uh, we're blessed to have an incredible Rav in the upper, the uh, youngest Rav, the Upper West Side, Rabbi like Edinger, who is not just an incredible Tom but also always really attuned with the various needs of a very diverse, not just age diverse, but culturally diverse community. And he was so, I was so excited about how not just open, but also excited he was about producing this event and how helpful he's been in getting it done. And I really hope it's something that the entire, I, I mean, like, who doesn't like to laugh, you yeah. know, and who doesn't like to laugh at Jews? So. On
0: Kanaka Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> this is such a festive time. And we should mention one of the great lay leaders of the Young Israel the West Side is our very own Yoni Pollock. He deserves a shout out. So Absolutely. We say, I spoke I, to him the other day. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I hope he plans
10: on coming. I, I think he does. Very nice. Well, there if he know. does,
0: now he da- it certainly does. <laughs> now the pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. He's funny, by the way, himself. He may have a line or two that... Uh, I didn't know. I'll have to get him up there. I'm telling you, invite him up there. He's, his deadpan humor is, uh, is something to marvel. So is there going to be anything after you've just revealed that so much of your act is about your life, your family you mentioned, the difficulties in trying to get a word in Edgewise growing up and all that? Is there going to be a moment on video that might go viral in the family WhatsApp group? Is there going to be a comment by Dovey Newberger that, uh, that may rise, raise some eyebrows at, <laughs> uh, at, uh, at congregation Beth Abraham? Um, I don't know about in
10: this. First of all, I, it, my family WhatsApp group has an extremely high standard. So oh,
0: really? even if it's- Not a, it, much gets in there, huh?
10: No. And my family very clearly uh, disavows any knowledge of uh, anything that comes out of my mouth in any scenario. Public or private. Yeah. So I I mean, d- definitely a couple of the bits from my first act, um, I wouldn't say went viral, but definitely made it around the community. Um and I'm hoping to have the same effect in this one. And no
0: regrets, right? You, that was fine for you. Then. On my part, no, yeah. no regrets. No I regrets can't speak to my place. parents and siblings. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Uh, is this going to be a trend? Will there be more comedy? Will there be more stage appearances by Doby Newberger? Will there be more events that you'll be coordinating to bring great comedians to the Jewish world? I hope so. I mean, I mean, Netflix called me yesterday. and No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd be there for a second yeah uh but is this something you'd like to continue to pursue I would love to continue because comedy to you is what is it a love a passion a hobby what would you how would you describe what it is for you I think that I mean either you're born with this
10: or you're not there's just there's no there's no high like getting a room full definitely of strangers but even your friends just a room full of people to laugh at you is there's just like no euphoric high like it I found it's it's a hobby it's uh it, like i think in bits it, it, for comedians it's a funny thing because like people always say like i'm always working i'm always working I, I never have off if you're a comedian you're like you can meaning that's just how your brain works you are yes. always like you're, you're at a funeral you're thinking of bits like it's impossible
0: yeah
10: um so yeah i mean i would love to pursue it as much as it Allows itself to be pursued. Hilarious
0: thing about our community that I've never thought of. Come on. Tell me one hilarious thing about our community because there are a lot of very, I mean, there are a lot of comedians out there that point out stuff that I never thought of. And I'm, you know, sitting there laughing like, wow, I never thought of that, that, you know, we're that silly or we look so ridiculous sometimes. Anything you can mention this morning or are you saving it all for Monday night?
10: Um... I mean, there's always a couple. You know, there's there like that. There was a big Twitter trend like name a sentence that only Orthodox Jews say. Right,
0: so, that's great.
10: So that's I great I didn't have Twitter, stuff. but I did submit some through uh, other some of my friends or burner's accounts. Like uh, like which way's east? I don't think that's a sentence that's ever been spoken by anyone that's not an orthodox Jew. You ever you ever asked a non-Jew which way's east? I don't know. Who cares? Exactly. Even why, the the why comp- would I want to know? I I always I never understood what like what do non-Jews use the compass app on their phone for? Like, right. what, what is that app for? Good point. <laughs> or like, uh, or like, oh, I'll give you my English name. Like, I'll, I'll, I've been at clubs and people ask me, "What do I call you up by?" And I explain my name's Dovey, my English names, Joe. They're Like, what, you have two names. I'm like, just use my English name. And they're like, "Why? Why we're talking? Why would I use any other language?" I love it.
0: That's great. All right. So this is a sample of what we might hear at the youngest jewel on the west side um yeah i mean hopefully we'll get a lot more into it there right by the way as host you get to do more than one set because you're sort of on stage in between each one of the performers or you'll do your whole thing and then you'll just mention their names
10: oh no i'm I'm gonna be i'm I'm gonna do a short little intro and then probably um as the we'll see what the comedians say but as like in between and then hopefully i'll have uh a nice longer set at at the end
0: right so you get you have multiple opportunities there monday night yeah
10: well i got a lot to get off my chest
0: i mean if you if you bomb in the first set you got time to really redeem yourself later on well hopefully that won't happen (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) it sounds like it's going to be great and a lot of fun and everybody out there is invited Uh, adobe newberger is hosting the uh festival of laughs this coming monday night the second night of hanukkah beginning at eight o'clock at the young israel of the upper west side um, he's the host, Mikey Greenblatt, Steve Cohen, and you mentioned two other names. Mention them, please. Ellie Leibowitz and Usama Siddiqui. Are both going to be part of the lineup as well. Easiest way to get tickets is to go on the web to the Young Israel of the Upper West Side website. When you see the flyer, click on it and join the uh, large number of people who already placed reservations for Monday night. Simple as that. Can't thank you enough. No, oh, are you kidding? A pleasure.
10: As someone who grew up watching this show, <laughs> li- literally listening to the show every single day, this is like a dream come true.
0: I appreciate that very much. And great having you as a neighbor and now a friend here in Teaneck, New Jersey. Dovey Newberger, everybody. Make sure to uh, get your reservations in for Monday night. And happy Hanukkah to you. A elichem Hanukkah to you. Thank you so much. More coming up. You're listening to a Friday morning edition of JM in the AM.
1: You all see, so gather your friends and family for like a and melodies. Now come sing with me. The smell of donuts in the air. Cause it's that special time of year. Maybe cold out there, but it's warm in here. So clap to the beat. Now let me hear you say, Non-himmation, hey, watch that line. The world to see, create memories. Now I me hear you say, give gimbal, hey, chin, watch that little dreidel spin." Yeah, give gimbal, hey, chin. When we're together, we all win. Was that really necessary? Happy summer? you wash them for your
5: miracles just like back then
1: so shine your light light
2: up the night so bright
0: And the time to wrap things up on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. It's Journeys with It's Time to Say Good Shabbos Said JM in the AM. Almighty Shalom Aleichem, my brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world. Web and and the Aleichem Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app. Today's show dedicated to the memory of Hanaleah Bass uh, Mayor Halevi, Chanalea Bass Mayor Halevi, Ruven Brick's mother, her twelfth yard site, and uh, I thank the Brick family for that. Don't forget Times Square this coming Monday. We'll remind you on Monday, 5 p.m. this coming Monday, the uh, rally to uh, shine a light on anti-Semitism that happens at Times Square this coming Monday. Again, we will remind you as we get closer on Monday itself. And um, coming up next, brand new table for two with Naomi Nachman. Mark Zamek, The Arab Shabbat Show brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem and plenty more. All happening here at the Nalchem Segal Network. Don't forget i have Rummy tomorrow night with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Sunday, Matis on Erev Hanukkah with JM Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend, and happy Hanukkah, everybody. till Monday, Nalchem Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, then trust the future.